Welcome to the podcast, season five, episode three. It is a chilly morning here in Nairobi, and by chilly, that's anything under 20 degrees Celsius. That looks a little bit sunnier uh, where Andy is in yeah. Naivasha. He's in short sleeves. Yeah, he doesn't uh, shorts, like so wear shorts. Oh my gosh. Well, it does get a little chilly. I'm one of these people who refuses to wear oh, yeah. buns. Yeah. Sun's out, Andy. Sun's out, buns out, kind of guy. hoodies and tights and joggers. And... Yeah, Nairobi, <laughs> it feels like our, our winter is here with that kind of relentless grey. Especially when Karen always feels a bit colder. You know, it's a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually the best time for the morning walk, so... Maybe yeah. Podcast. yeah. Well, I I think people forget Nairobi is high. We're what over six thousand feet. What's yeah. Naivasha? Bit lower. Um, not sure if it's uh, yeah. It's, it's the highest point of the Rift Valley, so yeah. not far off the same as Nairobi. Nairobi's in a slight bulb. Yeah. yeah. So I think from up out of Nairobi and down into Naivasha, yeah. probably similar. Yeah. But. Oh, well, this is a, a quick uh, geography lesson for everybody. I think lots of people think sort of East Africa, you know, hot, 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 and it does get really cold. As again, the altitude, mm-hmm. like Kenya, especially just sort of said, you know, Nairobi up to sort yeah, up to the Rift Valley, it's just high. Mm-hmm. It's a plateau. It is like when people come from the UK or wherever they're like out of breath, and like, gosh, either I'm really unfit. Oh, altitude. Yeah, exactly. It's always makes me laugh when people come and go, oh, it's not that warm, is it? It's like, it can be really hot during the day, but I think there's a change in temperature here. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as the sun goes away, it feels cold. Yeah, but if it's a, yeah, if it's a little yeah. bit overcast. Yep, it gets chilly. Well, Andy, you've started your... Prep now, haven't you? Yes, I am oh, one day going? down, so I'm off the lean up already. Oh, you do? I can yeah, see the abs. I've done it a whole day. A whole day? Um, I've done the whole day of it. Oh. I was meant to start on Monday. It's one of those things where I've got a few days off the gym. It's like my body's just a bit more And where it's where I'm wrist Well, maybe you'll know, but I, I broke a wrist years ago without knowing. It didn't reset properly, so I've got like, if you look, this bit of my ulna yeah. is actually not really attached, so I can press it up and down. Right? It's just a corner, tiny, it's like, it looks completely different to this one. But how did you and not know? Trying to play rugby, to oh, be fair. Okay. But um, the one, one winter in probably about two, three years ago, in, um, I was in London, and I couldn't use my hand to open close doors yeah. you know, if you had the round doorknob i can oh, use it yeah, can grip it. so my wrist hurts so much and so i went to um st mary's hospital we did an x-ray they're like oh you've got broken wrist i was like okay we said it's not a new break it's really really old by the look of it it's just never been set they said also you rest your hand looks like it's been run over by a truck so you, on an x-ray you may have nice white lined bones yeah. but i like great blurs <laughs> Years of boxing and stuff. And rugby. Playing rugby, a lot of bones in my hand, but never had them reset properly. So I've got a bit of arthritis that gets into in this hand and joint. So when I'm feeling beaten up from training, things like that flare up, 
my knee patella tendons have been hurting just generally so i've been really trying to push it because yeah. i knew and now i you know I'm just, i couldn't make it to deload the week i was like so the deload is taking three days off oh yeah and then, and then next you know. week deloading as well so it's but, but cracking on with prep so yeah so when it came to yesterday i was like oh, i'm just gonna start today and like uh, yeah, nice, nice. yeah, I'm just gonna start. So yeah, so I reduce my calories are down, especially carbs. You know, um, I've like literally slashed a thousand calories off for me. Barely <laughs> slashed a thousand calories off from the outset. Yeah. So I would start with a thousand off. So um, yeah, two thousand three hundred calories. Well, two thousand four hundred really. Yeah. So um, I keep those a while. You know, activity-wise, not much has changed. You know, I do 12,000 steps a day anyway, mm. so we're going to keep those in. Adding one cardio session a week for now. Yeah. Which would burn, like, 300 calories. So, so how, how do you do your not, cardio? Not... Sorry, how do you do your cardio? I'm going to decide what's the best one. Because, you know, skipping's one thing I can do. Yeah. But I think about just getting a spin bike... Because what I like about a spin bike is it's good for my knees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can sit, I can pedal. Yeah. I can, you know, if, if I can get one with a nice flat handlebar set up, mm. then put the laptop on. Mm-hmm. So basically what we're going to do is as prep progresses, it's like 18, 19 weeks, whatever it is. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll send you... Just going to increase a little bit more cardio, increase the steps a little bit. So we don't have to bring food too low. Yeah, I'll send you... Uh pictures and a number for my friend who's been uh, selling spin bikes very very good ones because okay. uh, when clear yeah, and I wanted one I'll, I'll send you you can you can just contact him It'd be yeah so that's one thing about getting i used a spin bike last prep i borrowed one from fitrev oh yeah just i remember that yeah. it's a pretty i'll take yeah. it back work great Oh, that's great. Yeah, because we, we used spin uh, the, the bike a lot when we were doing our circuits during prep. Yeah. Was prepping, so, yeah. I'll, well, I'll... yeah, I think the thing with a bike is low impact. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think the problem is if you do too much cardio, it's higher impact. Yeah. It just takes away from your training. It completely, so, you can't yeah, recover from low, it. Low, exactly. Nice low impact, you know, just... Half hour, hour yeah. max. Yeah. And I'm I'm one of those who are scared of cycling outside, so I guess it's safer too. Oh, that's yeah. the thing. And, <laughs> and I feel quite bad about this. Kai <laughs> can't ride the bike. Yeah, it's. Uh... And it's because where we live, she's got a bike here, but where we live, it's so hard because the roads are like yeah. uh, bumpy, <laughs> cratered. Yeah. You know, you can't get a good run up of you know, flats and cycling. So. That is one of the jobs for fun. She's got to learn to ride a bike. But, um, you know, I say it's heavy, but she doesn't really want to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm it's, it's not enjoyable. But, um, <laughs> the thing is, I could get, like, say, a mountain bike here and ride up towards Longer yeah. But when, you know, this is the thing, that, you know, my steps-wise is always a dog walk in the evening at night moment mm-hmm. come back and train. But I'm going to bring in, a, a, as the steps increase, I'll find bring in a morning dog walk. Mm-hmm. And each of my dog walks about 8,000 steps. Then you throw training in, like, I don't then have time to go out and do cardio. 
So having a, a like a spin bike where maybe I can do some work at the same time. You, know, you can do people's check-ins. Yeah, perfect. Various different stuff because you know it just keep your feet moving. Yeah, right? it's always that kind of balance, and I see this with clients as well. Like I love steps because they're they're just you can recover from them. They're not detracting yeah. from your training, but they do take long. Yeah. Whereas cardio, yeah. you can. You know, if, if you're trying to burn X amount of calories, you know, you can probably do it much uh, much more quickly. But yeah. then again, can you recover from it? So, yeah, it's that balance between time and uh, recoverability and, yeah, just seeing yeah. what fits into your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I get, this, get this feeling, sometimes people think I'm anti-cardio. I'm actually yeah. not. I'm <laughs> anti-overdoing cardio yeah. to the expense of your training. Right. But cardio has a place, and then not just in weight loss. You know, thinking my last post I mentioned things like capillary dilation and stuff actually assist muscle building. So if you have a little bit of cardio in, you know, in your week, like even like when people are in office, you know, I'm training people on a bulk. I always keep cardio in mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah. One, heart health. Two, you know, to improve blood flow to muscles. But but you don't want to take it too far and you don't want to impact your actual training. So it's, it's a fine balance between how much cardio, but in prep, and it's the same thing in prep because you, your uh, calories are coming down. Cardio is the quickest way to, you know, before competition to flatten yourself out. Mm-hmm. Overdoing cardio, you get, you know, you get flat, you make yourself sick. When in fact, you know, it's a, it's a balancing act. So, you know, you've got to, I'd rather do a bit more activity and keep food a little bit higher than run food low and high cardio or no cardio. Some people want low food and just do steps. Mm-hmm. For me, I'd rather have a bit more food and and cycle a few times a week. Nice. Yeah, very, that's a very big mistake I think I did on my first, first prep for the Arnold was I overdid cardio and overdieted. So I was doing both at extremes and I wasn't able to really feel out good, uh, lean enough, but wasn't able to feel out very well at the end. So I yeah. guess you you live and learn, but yeah, some needs to have... If you run yourself too flat for too long, yeah, like, you know, we're all tra- chasing, trying to be the most conditioned person stage. I always say, I'd rather be the most conditioned for this. But I, because I, I know I'm never going to be the biggest. Okay. Yeah, I'm not actually like a bubbly muscle guy. So therefore, I can bring harder conditions. Yeah. But you run the risk of only running in flat. Um, so therefore, it's better to keep a bit of food in. I think one thing is like you know I've used a stem master a lot over the years. You know, but I actually do find it it's a little bit more higher impact than people think. Even on slow speed, you know it's. You're taxing, you know, your, your glutes and your, your hamstrings, everything else, and it's a great way to burn burn calories quickly. You know, I, I can wrap that thing up and run stairs for ten minutes and it burns off, you know, three hundred calories. But there is that trade off because it is higher impact, and it's the sort of thing. It's good to do the day before you have a rest day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. stairs mm-hmm. but I don't understand people who do it every single day uh, or do it on a super slow speed 
because you might as well just be doing steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um it's one of those also when uh, you see a lot of competitors doing it you assume it's the way but I I rem I remember saying one thing you see the pros and it's like forty minutes stairmaster thirty and we forget they're enhanced so I remember I did a stairmaster <laughs> a lot and I'm thinking yeah man but the legs just die out and you're like but you know I see. Kai Green or whoever doing an hour and they, they look fine. So we forget yeah. there's a difference between, I guess, the enhanced athlete and the oh, cardio yeah. they can do. And a lot and, of and it. Also, that's all they do. Yeah, it's... it's well, German prep is different for a pro it is. Uh, bodybuilder because they are on anabolics, but we also increase their anabolic usage yeah. during prep. Like, in the off-season, we use a lot less. And people don't realise this. This is why... Pros grow into shows. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, we've gone from having using very little to suddenly extra compounds. We're also throwing in things like sembutol, T3, both together. Plus, you know, we then you know, increase, you know, with, you know, make a growth hormone, you know, four IUs a day or whatever it may be, which is burning fat, you know, got, you know, all this stuff going on. Which is going to maintain and even grow muscle while the fat's coming off. Yeah, and they do the extra cardio, and you're thinking, man, I'm enjoying this one yeah. hour, and you're just getting smaller. <laughs> and you're like, why am I not growing into the show? Well, that's why, you know, there is that people need to realize like the top natural physique is great. But if you compare them to the top uh, IFBB pros, they're not because that reason. It's just like there's no way to go into a show as a natural. And maintain all that muscle you built in the off season. But all you gotta do is overbuild your off season, knowing that you're gonna lose a portion of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that leads nicely into sort of the main topic of this podcast, which is mastering the basics. And we, well, Andy and Leon are bodybuilders, and we talk a lot about bodybuilding and. You can take a lot from bodybuilding to, you know, apply to yourself. But just keep in mind, bodybuilders are extreme. Um, and when you are, well, it's coming into summer for a lot of people. I mean, not here in Nairobi or the Southern yeah. Hemisphere, but Northern Hemisphere, it's coming to summer. And it's, well, we're coming so in May and a lot of people start doing crazy stuff round about now and throwing everything they've got at fat loss um, you know slashing calories cardio every day and so in this episode we're just gonna you know peel it all back and master the basics and I mean yeah. you're probably sick of us saying that but we're gonna keep saying it because it's so true and well, bit, you know, yeah. as we said before when we started recording, yeah, you know, just before we started recording, there's still people still are getting the fundamentals and basics wrong. The advice I'm asked a lot revolves around the basics. Or they don't even realise it's about the basics because yeah. they're asking about something more advanced and you're like, Well, what does the rest of it look like? And then yeah. they tell you, you're like, mm. get that bit sorted. Before, you know, before going on to try and do, you know, the more advanced stuff. Always, I think people really just think that they advance stuff because, you know, you don't really understand it, that somehow it must work and it must work quicker. True, um, true. And uh, like my favorite saying of the moment is the long, the longest way home is the shortest. 
you know, if you try and take shortcuts, you'll generally end up, uh, you know, you know, bringing your metabolism down, messing up your hormones, messing up a lot of stuff, your mental health, your relationship with food, and that will put you way back than if you just said, okay, let's do this the long way. Well, yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah, tell you one of my stories. So what we had, I, to get to my house from the escarpment road, from the old Mobashi road, I go cross-country through some fields, down some dirt tracks. Um, twice I messed it up at night, because there's no lights, oh, and, and I, I end up driving around these fields for about an hour, because <laughs> I can't even find my way back, yeah. until I eventually work out where I am. You know, you try to see the lights of the bathroom and just work out. <laughs> and it's happened twice. Like the other day it happened, because it was raining so heavy, I had uh, floodlights on on the car, but that meant I could see what was round, just round the car. Yeah. I couldn't see ahead. I missed a slight turning where you know, the track split and goes off down the middle of it. And I was like, oh, for an hour. And it's the same with, you know, you get lost, you know, you're trying to, maybe quicker to go the long way around. But, but when you put that into body context, it's like we all do stupid things at times thinking it's going to, you know, speed up the process and then we find out actually it's a bit like what we were talking about running flat into shows. Yeah. We think oh, I'm going to throw a bit of extra cardio in. Especially if you coach yourself, it's really mm. easy to go, I'm going to do some more cardio. I want to be shredded. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're already in pretty probably pretty lean, but because you're thinking to yourself, I've got to be more shredded, I'm not not shredded enough. I'm going to just throw more cardio and reduce the food. Yeah. All that happens is you end up bringing yourself down. It, instead of thinking about things logically, you know, what do I need to do? You know, a few more steps. And, it, and on the, the sort of more general scale is people get caught up with seeing something that looks all glossy on social media. And that, that's a selling marketing ploy and actually, the reality is, it doesn't do anything, and you're just in the worst case scenario. Then, when when you start, yeah, yeah, you keep going around and around in the circle anyway. You just go around the circles, yeah. and that's why the yo-yo dieting issues. You know, yeah. if you you went looked at it different and realised it was a, a lifestyle change, yes, yes, yes. And it's going to take longer than you think but you're going to implement changes that last you for life rather than well, four, 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 eight weeks get each body ready. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, you look okay. You look decent for what you want, but actually you've learned nothing. So as soon as that like holiday's finished and you've been you forget eating everything inside on holiday, you go back home and you continue, you know, the bad habits. And because you've not, you've not sort of, on any new skills. When I always say to when I take on new clients, my biggest role is to actually to give you the, the tools mm-hmm. to go on to not need me. I said, yeah, actually one of the things I like most is to see people who, you know, take what they've learned and just apply it every day without the coach and then continue their success on their own later down the road. Oh yeah, that's, that's the same with us. And I think that's what every coach should do. You don't want someone, you know, just to give someone something without, you know, 
educating them and empowering them to carry that on. And, you know, a lot of yeah. what well, I coach mainly women and a lot of them come and there's a, you know, a holiday or, you know, some, some kind of marker, an occasion that I want to look good for. I'm like, you know, that is a very understandable goal. But, you know, let's look at the bigger picture here. Um, you know, if your starting point is not right for fat loss, you know, it's, it, you're not going to get to where you want to be uh, in a healthy and sustainable way. Like if, you know, like you said, if you're a yo-yo or a chronic diet or you've got a bad relationship with food, or if your life is super stressful at the moment, you know, things like that are going to make fat loss extremely difficult. Um, and so, again, yeah, it's not what people want to hear, you know, when you're like, okay, you know, let's look at your stress, let's look yeah. at your sleep, let's look at this, let's look at that, let's build in these yeah. very basic habits. Let's, I think we talked about in another episode, like, do you get in three meals? You know, do you eat consistently? You know, can you get protein in every meal? Do you eat vegetables? Do you drink enough? You know, let's start with just getting in one walk a day, you know, three training sessions a week. And that just seems like so simple. But if you stop and ask yourself, honestly, do you do that? Are you doing that? Yeah, there's there's no oomph factor where you're like, you're going to do 1,200 calories. You're going to wear a sweat belt. Yeah, you're, you're going to put on some of that, like, it, cream. Yeah, it doesn't have that, <laughs> like, yeah, let's go kind of. It's more very, you know, just work on your stress, sleep more. Your weight starts going down and you're like, but I, I, it, 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 it's, yeah, there's no, <laughs> you didn't tell me to buy something or use something special. Well, so. <laughs> often people think, and I've been having this conversation with a couple of clients mm. this week, People think you need to do more sometimes, yep. and you don't. Yeah, you need to do it so drastic and extreme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, when you look at what, you know, when people get overweight, what's happened? Slowly over time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a compounding effect over time. And weight loss is no different. You know, off. You know, when you rush things, it's, you know, yes, they go down. But actually, the process isn't steady. You've not learned anything. You've not had to challenge anything, you know. And in these challenges, is when you learn, you know, what, what you know, the, the tools. Um, one of the funny, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine who saw one of the people I'm training in the gym, and he went out of the way because she looked absolutely knackered, covered in sweat. He said, he said, "Yeah, she's new to me," and he was like. What you've been doing? Because well, she goes, I started doing a training session, and another guy came over and said, I had to keep my heart rate up over 120 beats per minute <laughs> during the whole session. And and so, you know, I've been sort of, you know, keeping myself busy during the rest periods. And Nick, you know, it was like, no, 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 just speak to Andy, and you know, then it's like, things like people get bamboozled by advice. Mm, oh, you know, yeah. What you've got to do is, because it seems more exciting, you know, it's yeah. harder. So you're punishing yourself, yeah. so it must be good. When actually the reality is, slow and steady will win the race. It's, you know, in the hair scenario. You know, you've just got to bod away. This is why I've seen a big change now in bodybuilders' preps. Most oh, people yeah. prep time. now over a 16 to 20 week period. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rather than 
trying to do it in 12 weeks or eight weeks. Yeah. You know, there's a few people that are really good at that, like Nathan Diasha. He, he can prep for six Even weeks. Six, he's a yeah, he's uh, Six weeks. Yeah, he yeah. just goes on, he prep now, but suddenly he's shredded. Because he does right. longer, he just gets smaller, so he's yeah, special so, that Yeah, so, you know, you've got different people for that, but most people now are moving to longer preps because it's easier to control the variables over time. Yeah, and you can yeah. try things in between, you know, your more peak weeks and play around with Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you can see if something's not working, you've got enough time to change it. Yeah. Or add things. Rather than starting, and I, I use this analogy a lot, and I was I said it to someone the other day, I realised our partner, our husband, is a pilot. Mm. I said, it's like flying a plane. Yeah, you've got to be able, you know, you can't just suddenly bomb it down and try and land it really quickly. You've got to bring it down uh, gradually. But then I said to her, actually, I've never flown a plane, so I might be just making that up. <laughs> no, I think that sounds right, Andy. That sounds <laughs> yeah, I've never seen something. Although... When I used to work in Mogadishu in when, end of 2010, 2011, where Al Shabazz still had the city in part of the airport, yeah. you just have to pull to the rim really quickly. <laughs> so you're like, ah! <laughs> That's <laughs> the, 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 the crash diet of landings. It was a bit crash landing, but um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's the same. You wouldn't to get, like, say, from the top of his garden road to Nabasha, to get to Nabasha. You don't throw yourself off the edge of your scarf, do you? Yeah. You slowly wind down behind all the lollies. But on, you get there. It may take a while, but you get there. And it's safe one on. piece, yeah. You're just throwing yourself you know, down that road, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's the same with weight loss. You know, it is quick. Come on, internet. I guess our, our listeners are used to this, so seeing Andy freeze or since we're, <laughs> yeah. the, since we're the ones recording Andy's the one always freezing sorry so Andy it's our internet that's uh, messed up <laughs> well uh, before he comes back we'll yeah I was going to actually add on his analogy okay it, uh... oh, oh back. hi oh, Andy sorry, sorry. Back. you're back yeah. I can hear you guys oh no oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny um, but yeah. yeah so um, but as I say yeah. you know you know, there is quick ways of doing things, and in some circumstances, that that's important. It works. So you got like a photo shoot coming up, or you've got a contest, and you're kind of behind. You can crash two calories right down because you've got a finite thing. You've got to hit that window. But a lifestyle for just losing weight to feel to look and feel good. Time time's not a factor. If that takes you. If it's taking you 20 years to put on that weight, what is taking a year to get your ideal body? It's not a long period of time in the grand scheme of things. And it's trying to remind people that because people want it now, now, now. But the reality is, how long did it take you to get there? Yeah, I guess uh, that's why we were, when uh, we were talking with Kia and there's the one question a lot of guys ask, hoping for, you know, the quick answer where it's like, how long have you been, you know, how long did it take you to get there? And then, you know, you start saying, uh, I did this for five years, then I trained this way for four, then I trained for two, then, you know, they're calculating and they're thinking, crap, that's, that's already 10. So I think guys ask, expecting you to say like, yeah, I did a six month, you know, um, this and this type of diet with a name and crashed into this and did that and 
overdid cardio. Yeah. When you're like, yeah, no, I did oh, one yeah, year. One yeah. <laughs> you, you're, one day I started eating more eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I did two years of foundation and this and that, and it, it just doesn't have that. Oh crap! That that quick, yeah. um, quick exactly. fix answer sort of guys are looking for. Yeah. I always find this the case. Like people ask me, oh, how long will it take to say reach your size? So well, one, I'm not that big, but. I even started with a good foundation in fact that I played sport my whole childhood. Yeah, yeah. Played a lot of rugby and I was in the gym from 14, 15. Not really knowing what I was doing, but doing something. Yeah. I, you know, and then, you know, slowly over time, you know, I've trained and trained and trained and to the point where I am today. Is you know, you can't go from being a hundred pounds to two hundred pounds well, naturally, in the course of five years. It's just never going to happen. You know, you've got to give yourself... It may take you ten years to get there. Little bits every year. Little bits every year. But it's quality muscle. It's not, you know, it's the same with weight loss, but in reverse. You know, mm-hmm. adding quality muscle isn't just about getting big. It's about making sure you're doing the training properly, your diet properly. And every year you add thing initially five to ten, then it goes down to like two to five, then you're lucky to get two pounds on. But you know, constantly just adding. But once you've got a bit of poor muscle, adding two pounds of muscle in the right places can have a dramatic effect. Yeah, because it, it gets harder the the more you go on, you know, the more you continue the more consistent you are the harder you work i guess you can say the harder it is to put on bits of muscle but like you said every small pound or half a pound makes a big difference yeah it's, it's you know i suppose actually that's why weight loss can be easier mm-hmm. if fat loss is easier because as long as you stay consistent consistently in a, a deficit over time you will lose body fat, you know. Whilst trying to put on muscle, you know, you've got to try and, you know, novel stimulus, you've got to try and, you know, progressively overload over time. Yeah. But, you know, again, though I find what people don't realise is the difference between fat loss and weight loss. Yeah, big time. And I think that's probably one of the most core fundamentals is understanding you don't want to lose weight you want to lose body fat and even if the scales never change but you're, you've lost body fat then you're winning yes you know, the scale needle doesn't need to move in fact i've got one client who's in south korea i was i looked at her photos last week i opened them first thing i said was holy shit she changed so much what suddenly looked like in a week but it's obviously the cumulative effect but the scales have barely moved. They go up and down, a little bit over where yeah. she started. Mm. But in fact, the whole, uh, whole physique's changed massively. Yeah, that's why it's so important to, to take, you know, photos and measurements because this, yeah. the scale can be a real mind game, mind oh, yeah. twister, you know, and it's not moving and you get so fixated on that. And then, uh, same, Andy, I've, I've said to a couple of uh, women, I'm like, look at your photos. A huge difference, and muscle is heavier than fat. So if you've built a bit of muscle and lost body fat, 
you know, the scale won't change, but you will look leaner, you will feel leaner, and that's really, you know, important. The scale weight is one thing, and I do like clients to weigh themselves daily, unless they have a real mental block to it. It's just more useful from my side yeah. um, to, to make adjustments and things like that, but it's so important to take photos and measurements on your journey, uh, and I know they're quite hard to take, especially the first ones, but... Um, yeah. You're always kind of glad that you did because they really do tell a different story. Um, Exactly. And and that's why a coach is important as well because sometimes we don't see the changes in ourselves. Yeah. We can even look at something drastic in photos and still be overly critical Mm -hmm. about that sort of mentality over time. So that's why you do sometimes need, even if it's not a coach, somebody else to look at progress photo from where you started because they'll notice different things like oh yeah there's a few more lines in your arm we can start seeing your shoulder now yeah. you know well, and there's these little things um but sometimes but a coach think, is yeah. better yeah. no i was saying sometimes a coach is better because i remember clear would be like 100%. you don't need extra cardio rest today you know like relax you don't need to wake up at four and i'd be like okay and then at four who's up going to the uh, to the to the treadmill and she's like you you're lean enough and I'm like okay yeah I know she knows and she understands but there's a different relationship and I'm like ah. well I thought just you know we've said this before like it doesn't matter how intelligent you are oh, yeah. you can have a PhD you can be a master's in this or that but when it comes to yourself and your yeah. health and your fitness you can just be so like short-sighted yeah. you can't see it we've seen like a very intelligent friend of ours do something really you know crazy like in terms of, yeah, of slashing calories and you're like you know better than that but you know it's just so tempting when you want to lose fat quickly to just slash 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 or wake up at 4 a.m and oh, yeah. do cardio so again that's why it's so important to have a coach yeah because yeah no, no. I, I, I like to use um, Tom Hanks in Castaway as an example. <laughs> right? yeah. You can get losing weight will make you look like Tom Hanks in Castaway or, <laughs> yeah. you know, or Matey Boy, what's his name, Christian Bale in The Machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you will get light. Yes, if you constantly slash the calories, I could get you with very few calories down to being stick thin. Yep. But that's not what you want. Your goal. You want to look like, and I always say, is there any physiques that you, you look at and you want that? Just so I can explain, that person trains with weights to build muscle, and they have, just because when you see it in a photo, they probably prepped for that photo shoot. Yeah. What you will have found is they've had a time away from photos for a while, where they've had calories higher, they've really pushed like progressively overloading their weight, and that may be like, you know, you look at some wellness competitors, they train their legs about three to four times a week, <laughs> no. they are like twice, right? <laughs> yeah. like, so, yeah. you know, and they eat, and if you see a wellness competitor outside of the off-season, they look quite thick, they mm. look, you know, it's not, because they're building muscle, and it takes a lot of food to build legs and glutes. You know, they're big muscle groups. They need a lot of protein to fit yeah. and a lot of energy to 
Skiffrow sessions, the hard leg sessions. And I think that's what people don't realise. You see something on online, you see this woman who's got a flat stomach, topping glutes, cut shoulders, and she's advertising a waist trainer. Well, that must be the reason why she looks like yeah. that. So what I'm going to do is, like, a waist trainer, it must be. That's got to be the thing. The only thing I'm missing, actually, and you get asked this, and I'm sure you've been asked, what do you think of waist training? Oh, yeah. I'm like, so well, times. great if you're doing everything right, because, you know, you might as well do it. You know, it, it's not going to harm you. It doesn't really do much, but it's not going to harm you. So if you want to do a waist training, great. But, the first, and I find with most clients is female clients. Actually, for the first time ever, I've probably got more female clients than male clients. And one thing I notice is just how hard it is for people to hit their protein goals. 100%. Just yeah. like, you know, protein, and hit protein easier, but fail things like fats. Mm-hmm. Not getting enough. Yeah. Women, women, it's like not enough protein or fat. Yeah, that's why I put, um, yep. you know, the other day I was putting my, you know, my track macros. Because someone just asked me, how, how do you even hit anything close to 200 on protein? I'm like, you know, every every meal with protein. So I was like, I'll just put it and you can see and, you know, just pick out the protein. Because luckily with the fitness pile, it shows you what each, uh, the protein content in each meal. So I just put in, he's like, huh, I, I eat maybe eggs alone because he has eggs. And then I guess scoop of whey and then the rest of the meals, you know, beans and uh, lentils. But they're not complete protein, but he's never... Hit yeah. like his protein goals, and he's just like, "How do you and Clear do it? Like, what are you eating? That eggs? I'm like, I, yeah, meats. I think yeah. people be surprised on how much protein I eat. I eat 260 something grams of protein a day, and normally go over yeah. protein yeah. goals. And I always say, I always rather go over protein, yeah. uh, carbs, especially like glucose issues. So, um, so that's why buying a higher because I don't have. A lot of carbs, so we like fats. What are, are your carbs? The carbs are 107 Oof. at the moment on prep, 165. That's, that's so, just, but your fats must be. But it probably won't, ch- huh? it won't change much. And okay. your fats are. Your fats are 70 oh, at the moment. Gosh. But we've had them up over 100. No, 117. No hot, cross, no hot cross buns for you anytime soon, man. No, no, no. I will post show, bro. Yeah, no, get like the last yes. Smash five in about 10 you seconds. To, you have to save those carbs. <laughs> no, hang on. I saw Lea Shakiva, the speedy woman, who does, she's also done the bikini competing. She's actually uh, a woman called Lea Shakiva. Okay. You find her on. Um, you find one. She's a she's a competitive eater. Yeah. Oh, oh right. She's really small and she's got a really nice figure. Yeah, you know, for someone because she manages her calories over the rest of the week. Yeah. And to then... allow her to do these stupid things, but she's got the world record for the amount of hot, <laughs> hot cross buns or how quickly you can eat six hot, hot cross buns. Oh and then even, I'm going for that. Record. You're going for her. Watch <laughs> out. Post show. Oh, oh. Post show. We gotta film it. How many did she do? Six. Like, so six is like a minute or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's yeah. That's that's wow. You're not much chewing going well, on. Well, I did no. five. 
post last show, like save Cat One because I was feeling nice. She had been there. All feeling nice. Every five of them as well. Like, oh my god! Yum. For every five of them, like, one. But yeah, so there's no hot cross bun. There's nothing like you know. I have my birthday gym is prep and doing it. Yeah. The reality is, you know, um, protein. I always generally go for 1.1 gram per pound body weight. So, to to depending on the maybe it'd be a gram per pound around that sort of level for most people is good. Um, as you get a little bit older, I tend to put up the protein a little bit. So older clients tend to have a bit more protein. Cell dimensions higher for older people, so you need a bit more protein to be sending that over. So, but as I think, one of the biggest make sure you're having enough protein every meal, and if you need to, slide in a whey shake post-training that straight away will add more grams of protein yeah i think uh yeah protein is the one macro that a lot of people are not having enough for sure yeah. well it's it's it can be hard like it if is, you're not used to it and you're not used to it prioritizing it and a lot of people their breakfast is just carbs mm-hmm. and you know like you were saying, and you've got to have it at every meal. Like uh, otherwise, it's so hard to get in. If you don't have any protein till lunchtime, then you're trying to cram it all in. I mean, that's a not ideal. Uh, B very difficult. Yeah. And you know, a lot of again, when people want to kind of, they're like, oh, but can we do this? Can we do that? Um, and I'll just say, well, if you can consistently hit. You know, the targets that we've set, the protein macros that we've set, you know, then we can look at doing X, Y, Z. But focusing on just, you know, hitting your overall calories, first of all, especially when going into a a reverse diet and trying to bring calories up. It's like, let's just hit those, you know, and hit all of these first. And, uh, you know, then you can look at doing other stuff. Well, this is the thing, and a lot of clients don't realise how hard it is to do a check-in when someone's not been hitting with, cal- with macros, and you're like, well, yeah. where do we go? Because yeah. you're you under-eating, so it's yeah. a struggle now for me to work out what to do with your calories, really, because we're not being consistent with them. Mm-hmm. So true. You know, consistency, and that's it, yeah. yeah, consistency, another great word there. <laughs> and that's it. It's- consistency is the key to all of this. It's being able to do one thing for a prolonged period of time. It really Getting is. Getting that right before it changes. You know, people got to realise is your weekly check-ins doesn't mean anything to change. Yeah. Yeah. So I... good week is when nothing changes. Yeah. So you don't need to make it harder than it needs to be. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are like, at the check-in, you're going to be like, okay, now we're going to do this, that, and the other. And you're like, no, carry no. on. But make sure that you maintain that consistency. <laughs> Um, yesterday, I was talking to um, just one of the PTs who, where we discuss and chat a lot, and we're just checking, going through his program, and the one big thing we noticed, and even it's weird because he knows, is he changes his exercises too often. Like mm-hmm. you can, 
that you know there's no progression so to speak like you'll do barbell squats today next week you'll do hack squats the other week you'll do goblet then go back to barbell and then goblet so you find like his yes the program says legs biceps you know abs but on the logbook the exercises say a different story because it's like for three four weeks you've done different different ex there's no consistency in terms of the exercise variations or the exercises you do so you find the guys like oh man my my squat is suffering my deadlift hasn't improved and when you look at the training it's like yes you're training but you're it's more like i guess you know how they say there's a difference between working out and training so yours you're just working out there's no you know you're yeah. it's like you go to the gym yes i'm doing legs and this this is the structure of how i'm doing i start with two legs you know two quads two arm whatever so it's like it's more like okay today i don't feel like doing the back squat i'll do the hack so you find a lot of people's programs yes you have the structure but the inconsistency when it comes to your exercises is is too much there's no progression yeah because you're not progressing anything and that's the point it's like if you actually do like the same exercise if you chop and change it's yeah, you're always having to find your feet every session. Yeah, nothing's consistent. Yeah, you know, and I always say like the first week of a block is usually like almost like a deload. You're trying to work out what weight you mm -hmm. can use mm -hmm. to get a good working set, and sometimes it's here miss. Yeah, if you so if you change your session every time, you're at that point almost every time <laughs> where I want to do a different exercise today. Oh, yeah, let's just put some weights on. Yeah, what weights do I use? And then you're wasting a lot of time, unlike being consistent. And I was having this conversation yesterday with someone on um, Instagram about the DMs, about classes, mm -hmm. exercise classes. So I said, the good thing about classes is they're fun and yeah. you, know, you can get some cardio. But at some point, progress stops because there is no progression. A class changes every week. Isn't enough weights, even if it's a strength class, there's not normally enough weights to keep progressing every week. The, the movements change. So you hit a plateau and you will just not improve. Yeah. You lose a bit of weight initially and think, oh, I like this class, it's good fun, it's high energy. Yeah. And then it all stops. Like And same with like even things like spin class and things. Spin class are great for cardio, but I know people who just do spin classes. Mm -hmm. Never do any strength training and they wonder why their body never changes. Yeah. They get fit and super fit. Yeah. And they can find it, find it easy to get for a spin class now without you know, dying in a ball of sweat. Yeah. But their, their body never changes. And the reason for that is they've neglected a big part of it, which is that sort of resistance training, progressively overload to maintain muscle mass or build muscle mass. Yeah. And yeah, that burns more calories. So as you lose muscle mass, your metabolism slows down because... Mm -hmm. Lean tissue goes more calories than fat tissue. Like it's uh, it's crazy. I got a client who loves classes, and uh, I changed her programming and everything. And then we put in the classes because uh, she she enjoys the classes more for the social aspect. So for her, it's, yeah. it's more mental. Like after a hard day at work, she likes to do the classes. And in the past few weeks, she's seen amazing progress. And because she does the weights, but now we've made the classes like her, her fun part, where she goes and interacts with people, because she likes doing the classes, you know, just 
laughing and chatting and jumping with people and it, it works because now she doesn't think of the class as this is it this is this is what is going to get me to my super goal so it, it's it's really helped that uh, the classes are more now for well, yeah, like her, yeah, yeah her mental yeah. building muscle and yeah. a lot of a lot of women do that they do a lot of those classes now, high-intensity classes. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I do get quite a lot of women in my, <laughs> in my DMs. And they're like, I want to build muscle. Um, and I love high-intensity workouts, just spinning. And I'm like, okay, well, that all needs to change. If you're serious about building muscle, you know, high-intensity workouts are not going to do that for you. Spinning is not going to do that for you. You have to do the basics, and that is uh, resistance training with progressive overload. And then, like Leon's client, add in the fun classes yeah. and the spin, but again, not too much. Yep. Not too much. And like Andy said, like he, he's taken a, you know, three, taking three days off. Your rest is so, so important. Even right. Leon took, what, three weeks <laughs> off from strength, what, from training because of yeah. his glute and... I know for a lot oh, of people, yeah. yeah, no, but he did so well, he did so well, yeah. and he did, and you know, a lot of clients are so scared, like when I schedule in deloads, they're like, oh, I'm going to lose oh, yeah. all my gains, yeah. and you're like, no, it is a key, key part to either muscle yeah. gain and fat loss as well, you know, because training and even being in a deficit is a stress on your body, and stress the devil is in the dose. You, like some stress is healthy, but if you're adding stress on stress on stress, that's fire to fire and it never ends well. And, you know, making sure that you deload or listen to your body and you take time off before or if you have an injury, take time off, you generally come back stronger. Like you, you are working yeah. at 50%, but you told me, you're like, yeah, just, I think I'm going to be even stronger. Yeah, it just feels, uh, it feels different. I had deloads when uh, training with uh, JP. We started. And did you even do a deload? Just okay. one. We did one, and then um, he just kept uh, uh, changing volume depending on um, the progress. How you feeling? Yeah, but there was never. There was only one deload uh, period, and then the rest he just kept playing around with the volume. But uh, yeah, now after the two three weeks, I, you know, uh, there's that. I'm losing size, but for the first time, it I didn't think you've even lost size. Zero. It didn't even come to my head. And strength, yes, a little. But yeah, strength, but but I just feel. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's because that people don't realize you're not actually losing strength. It's your CNS forgets yeah. how far you can actually push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it and, and your body fights against you initially because you've got to retrain the CNS to make certain runs. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because now I like 50 65 percent it's you know there's that you can just tell like wow by the time i'm back yeah. to doing 100 i i can see a lot of well strength hoping the strength comes with size so i'm i'm just in a better place and building up my steps slowly so like i said healing is yeah. a priority now so yeah. it's, well recovery it's, is just i think my, my thing on prep my big thing I'm, I'm making sure sleep. I actually sure. think that's probably the most important thing during prep is to make sure you start getting enough sleep. I'm, you know, there's been some days like last week 
where with before where I was working late and getting to bed and like you know doing stuff. In Ooh, the gamers are coming online. <laughs> it's too, it's too, it's Call too of early. Duty people are coming online. It's the hardcore. I wonder why they do this. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. You cut um, off. <laughs> this is the Instagram. Yeah, no, so it is. It is a case of like making sure you get sleep. Yeah, I wasn't the best sleep last couple. Just because I've been working mm -hmm. a lot of evenings. Um, so now it's a case of preps in bed, bed by eleven, bath, bath, eat one last meal, drink my fiber and vitamin drink, get to sleep, and make sure I've got eight hours. If I don't have eight, like what normally do is I wake up, let the dogs out, yeah, then go back to bed for another hour if I'm if I'm you know if I'm short time. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously with a job you can't you can't just take naps during the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, weekend though, if I feel tired, I'll be napping. Yeah. Because recovery is the most important thing, especially when you're in a deficit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What happens is that cortisol levels builds up, you stop losing fat, you know, you, get you start retaining water, and you know that causes more stress because the scales aren't moving yeah. and it's all the bottom cycle. It is, and that's why you know if you if you've done a mini cut before, uh, those are, they're super aggressive, and sometimes you don't lose as much as you think. But as soon as you stop the cut, you find you know and you that stress is off. Like a, you'll lose a couple of kilos, um, and it's the same if you are in a, uh, a deficit and you take some refeed days or a diet break. Yes, you initially put on some weight. I'm not saying fat weight. Um, but then when you go back, you often, you know, because your body is not stressed out anymore, you know, you lose a couple of, of yeah. kilos. So it's just, whilst it seems like you're going backwards when you're, you know, taking a break, you're really not. Um, and it, it, it takes a bit of mental adjustment, yeah. but really see them as a, like, yeah, the most important tool um, in your fat loss kit and your uh, muscle building kit. Yeah, we um, also... You just brought up mini cut, and it reminded me there's a one of our listeners who is a bit scared of uh, putting on fat, I guess, when bulking. And uh, well, he asked me about mini bulks, and so I, I told him I will not answer him in his DM. Instead, I'll bring the question to the podcast, so he has to listen to the podcast <laughs> okay. to, to get his answer. Because I he was because uh, he's scared of uh, like bulking and putting on extra fat because you know he likes the the abs the the slightly cut look and so he was like yeah what if what if i do mini bulks and i was like i'll, I'll take it to the podcast so you you have to listen to get your answer now <laughs> there's no such thing like, <clears throat> <laughs> now the thing that annoys me is people don't realize when you build muscle you've got to be in a surplus for a very protracted period of time yeah. imagine your year is 100 percent that's 100% of the year. 75% of that should be growing if you're trying sure. to build muscle. And only 25% used for cutting, and that'd be periodically for mini cuts. Yeah. Now, not saying if he's not a competitor, if he is a competitor, suck it up. If you're not a competitor, just go a little bit over maintenance and build muscle slowly without becoming. A mess. Yeah. Now you can do it. Like lean bulking can work. The problem with it is 
you will not grow as much as you probably want to. Nope. <laughs> very, very steady. And at the end of the year, you may have added a couple of pounds. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is a lot of work for that. So, you know, there's a certain thing is push it, but you don't have to become a mess. You know, push it and try and bulk hard. I would say train hard, eat hard, you know. Yeah. And you will, and just accept that you will get a little bit softer. It doesn't mean you have to go above 15% body fat. Yeah. Once you reach that sort of I hate using body fat terms, but like once you get to a point where you're losing definition when you're looking at your body, mini cut. You'll have that definition back in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, it's no, it's a balancing act. It's what do you want more. Do you want to remain lean more than you want a, a more muscle? Yeah. You've got to choose which battle you're going to fight. You can't mm-hmm. fight battles on every front because you will lose. Yeah. But I yep. also think uh, uh, Germans in- found the Second World War. But also you you find maybe a lot of guys who are sort of scared to, you know, put on the, the fluff. You find that when you when you look at the training it's very it's like you were saying, it's it's more of a workout, you know, you're it's it's an it's it's very yeah. Instagram esque. It's not you're not really because even if you go on a surplus and you're you know, uh 300, 500 calorie surplus and you're pushing the weights hard, you, you you will put on some, you could put on some good muscle without, you know, going and messing up your whole physique. So I guess you find a lot of people will go on surplus and then training will just be very, yeah, you know, you're not really pushing hard, you're not, so you're I eating, think, but I think the thing people forget is understanding their insulin sensitivity. Right, like when you're lean and you start bulking, you get you get the most gain in the early part, and then it's sort of it's it's a, the law of diminishing returns. What happens is you get less sensitive to the carbs, then mm-hmm. you start getting more fat, and it starts going well, a bit downhill. Right, as soon as that happens, that's when you need to be aware. Actually, I'm starting to look like I'm putting on more fat than, than muscle. Let's bring it, scale it back for a few weeks and go again. Because that rebound is when you do your most growing. Yeah. But it is possible to go up quickly, catch it before it all goes downhill, bring it down, go again. It's like a staircase. You know, you're going up, coming along, back up. In periods of maintenance, mm-hmm. I know, clearly you've done this yourself. You throw in some periods of maintenance. Rather than let's say cuts, you can make a, a cut with maintenance. But these things help, you know. Yeah. And again, it's so important to have a coach to help you do that. And I, uh, I think for women, it's a little bit different. Um, oh, yeah. And I was listening to a very interesting podcast on it. How, you know, bulks don't particularly work well for women. They did a study, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the metabolic rate increased a bit, but to a point. Mm-hmm. Muscle yeah. growth happened, but to a point. Mm-hmm. And I know quite a few women who've come to me and they've they've bulked and it's gone bad. You know, it's just gone wrong. Like they've not quite understood how to do it, and they've just you know gone in, added in a five hundred calorie surplus, maybe not trained very hard for it. So for women, you can be much more conservative. You know, yeah. maintenance yes. maintenance is a very very good place to be, or you know maybe a hundred two hundred calories over. That'll depend on the woman. 
but your training again is is key and a lot of the research you know on all of this stuff is for men um yeah, and sadly. women are not small men and <laughs> we've got a, 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 a lot more going on in terms of hormones and things like that and yes I've successfully done a mini cut some clients who are women have successfully done mini cuts but again the research on mini cuts is for men that's why I think for women just being a bit more conservative training hard because we can generally handle more volume than men and recover but hang out at that maintenance and you can see some really good results I think people don't realize as an example like I I put on a lot of fat and I was fine with that um, because I did just want to bring my calories up and I achieved that and I am obviously this is my job I know how to lose fat but if I was just a general population person and I did what I did, I would be very, very stuck with a lot of extra body fat. So again, if you if you don't really know what you're doing, get someone to help you because, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, women, we can put on a lot more fat and then it becomes very hard to lose. So, you know, you can still build muscle, you know, in a very moderate surplus and just at maintenance. Um, but That's just, the thing, yeah. you know, I think... If you apply principles, you know, for women, for muscle building for women, it just takes a bit more time. It's not a race, but, you know, just understand that and focus on the fact that you're getting stronger rather than worrying about, you know, how much muscle you're putting on. I think, you know, you guys, you know people do need to understand this. You can see how hormones play an effect with women way more than men. Mm-hmm. That they're like, you know, when you're too lean, your menstrual cycle stops. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're too heavy, you, you know, you get sort of different, you know, issues, irregular, you know, menstrual cycles, you know, and different issues when you're, you're overweight. You know, there's a big variation in, in sort of a hormone balance success. Men only, really, we just balance, yeah. we balance hormones, but it's a lot easier. 
you know, we've got big old testosterone at one end of the seesaw, and then progesterone, prolactin, and estrogen at the other. With women, it's like a four-way seesaw between all of those. Yeah, well, you've got thyroid, <laughs> you've got thyroid yeah. affecting this, you might have estrogen dominance exactly. affecting that, like and that can seasons. really stop you losing weight. You know, if your thyroid is out of whack, mm. you know, that is a massive one. Massive yeah. one. Um, and, and, and then again, women who... Sorry, but women are generally doing these crazy diets, um, you know, like slashing carbs. We need carbs. We need fat. Um, you know, tr generally, you need to be over 150 grams of carbs a day, over 50 grams of fat a day for optimal health. And like if you're doing these insane diets, you know, you're really downregulating your hormones and all of that, which will actually stop you losing fat. So... <laughs> You know, got to keep these things in mind. I think I think fats. So like, people don't realise there's been such a culture of low fat diets. So when I was a you know, from even when I was a child, low fat diets were the thing. And then we saw some Atkins, but low fat diets still prevalent. Today. Yeah, true, true, the issue true. is we've got so used to having low fat diets is that people have forgotten how important fat is for mm -hmm. hormone production. Mm -hmm. Nearly all hormones have a base in you know, fat molecules or uh, affinity for them. Therefore, your essential fats should remain high. I always say to all my clients, use low-fat and fish, except for when you're having your oily fish. Right? Oily fish is great, but all the other things go low-fat and then after cooking. So I tend to, you know, put a teaspoon or a tablespoon or weigh it out of olive oil Onto my food, wanted to plate in it. Just drizzle it over the, you know, put it over the top because then it's unchanged, it's uncooked, it's a healthy fat or nut, you know, macadamia nut oil on top. I, I, normally, I normally bounce between the two, depending on what the meal is. Um, therefore, I know I'm adding good fats back into my meal. Yeah. I've removed fats that I don't necessarily need and then put the essential oils back in. Yep, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. So many, well, men as well are just so used to, oh, low fat yeah, must be well. healthy. Yeah. You're like, well, no, <laughs> there's a lot, lot of sort of stereotypes to change there. And again, it's like, well, protein is never really thought about. It's like, yeah, I think can't hit that. But uh, I think, I think yeah. with men, is our hormones stay stable throughout the month. Yeah. <laughs> We've got more hormone stability. Women's hormones are moving you know, moving parts every, you know, depending where the menstrual cycle is, everything's moving constantly. Oh, yeah. So therefore, men can get away with a low-fat diet. They shouldn't. You know, you still need most fats, but can get away with it where women just can't. You know? No, I, I never let um, my, my lady's fat go under 50 unless it's for a very short period of time. Um, you know, it's, it's just not worth messing up your hormones for a short-term yeah. goal because that can take you years you know to to bring back um yeah, 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 yeah the body is 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 interesting it's just to just to i guess people assume that fat as a macro when you eat equals to fat uh, like the lipid profile in the body so that that's yeah that's just not the case it's, <laughs> it's uh uh, that's a whole, that's yeah, a whole a, episode, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's actually a good one. It's, it's yeah. Oh yeah, we still need to find a good endocrinologist to go through hormone movement. But I 
know we've got some lined up against well it's it's absolutely fascinating um uh, but yeah. i think you know that again you know so many women are like oh it's my hormones it's this it's that and it's like calories in calories our energy balance always holds yeah. true but your hormones can affect you know calories in or the calories outside of it but you know you can't blame it on that and again no. sometimes you just got to go back to basics Get your sleep, you know, get your stress under control, and that can resolve a lot. So, um, which is just emphasizing the yeah. whole point of this podcast, which is master the basics, yeah. understand the principles. Because when you're like, oh, I'm not seeing progress, nothing has changed, it's like, go back to the basics, make sure you're checking off all those boxes. Then we'll talk. Yeah, the basic. As I say, when you build a house, you always make sure the foundations are built properly first. Yep. Before you start building anything on top of it, make sure those foundations are solid. Yeah. Otherwise, it all falls down. Yeah, the basics are super sexy. So don't. Uh, <laughs> well, they yeah. should be. Yeah. So take that in account. Yeah, you you don't start decorating the house before the foundation. Well, then. we we always we're <laughs> still looking after our foundations. I do the mm-hmm. same. Like. Mm-hmm. When, when I'm, you know, something isn't changing that I want to change, I'm like, oh yeah, my sleep has been really bad this week. I've been really stressed. I need to get that under check. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can always work on the basics. Always, always, always. It's, n- it's not something you do and then you move on. You're constantly so tending sleep, to it. So sleep's a funny one because I'll notice straight away. I know if I get six hours sleep and I step on my scales next morning, my weight's always high, <laughs> always, yeah. and and I look like a watery bag of a mess. Well, I think I do, but everyone, someone else is like different. Like and you know, but to be fair, I always seem to have a bad night's sleep before my check-in time. It's oh, always no. like, like, like worrying about it. Sensitive, <laughs> you, should, uh, you should let coach know now. He'll just do ran, random check-in photos now. <laughs> So you're not exactly. stressed no, the night before. Do it every day and just pick up, <laughs> pick up now. But no, you do notice. Um, and yeah, you know, I've spoken to Dr. Dean about coming on to discuss sleep, especially for shift workers, because mm. you know shift working can actually people don't realise this. Being a shift worker can. Sorry, say again, Andy. You broke up. Shift working can shorten your life expectancy. Oh, yeah, you saw that. I put the. Uh, article from the lab bible yesterday i was also reading the same thing mm. i yeah. think it'd be nice to talk sleep is the elixir of life work yeah overworking is uh, becoming a well, real big issue well it's, it comp- it's all compounded it's like again i work with a lot of mums and it, i mean it's the same f- for all parents lack of there's a lack of sleep and then y- you you're putting so much pressure on yourself to achieve a certain say fat loss goal and it's Mm -hmm. like okay you know sleep if you've got a a young child that's just going to be your life for a while like you can manage it as best you can but try not to put on stress on stress on stress you know maybe if you are you know you've got a young child you know fat loss might not be the best goal for you at that point Mm -hmm. and it's best to just try and maintain if you can but here's the thing like and that's what it is. It's not a lack of sleep. It's lack of sleep triggers cortisol and stress. 
although you know, four years some other things that doctors didn't talk about, but the, yeah, when you have so much chronic stress caused by lack of sleep, and then stress in your day-to-day life with work and whatever, stress is the biggest killer. You know, it triggers it, it triggers the cancer cells. It triggers you know heart disease. It triggers strokes. You know, all this stuff is made. You know, blood pressure increases, which affects your kidneys. Yeah. You know, stress is the issue. For you know, the biggest issue. So if you can get your sleep under control, which that's the thing for shift workers. That's the hardest thing. I've been a shift worker. You know, working. You know night shift in the police and stuff, you know. Those those things do affect you know, your next day. You never get enough sleep. But there is, you know, obviously methodologies behind how to improve sleep for shift workers. Yeah, no well I think that's a good place to end this episode. But yeah, work on all those non-sexy things stress management sleep sleep management consistent meals energy balance and um, consistent training consistent training and you can water you didn't even talk get get, 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 get your four litres of water in easy (laughs) yeah get it three to four yeah yeah I mean it's often you ask clients those things like how much do you drink oh I don't know maybe like a litre yeah exactly and it does make a big difference so before you start panicking before you throw everything at your fat loss you know write down the basics and are you have you mastered them are you doing them day in day out um so as tempting as it is to slap on your waist trainer cut the your calories eat 20 grams of of fat drink your skinny tea and do two hours on the stairmaster just remember that is not going to get you to where you want to be. Um, so no. go the long way around, do it properly, and you will be a healthier, happier version of you. Yeah, make it a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. So mm-hmm. on that wonderful note, we will leave you here. And I don't know who we'll have in our next episode. Well, it might just be us, but it might be a speaker. <laughs> we will we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chase a Victoria Falker yeah. again. Yeah, she's been a. Um, I don't know if she's still writing her, oh, yeah, her PhD. Her PhD thing. But anyway, yeah. hope everyone has a lovely weekend. Goodbye. <laughs>